If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, we are recording, Dave, so... Oh, <laughs> welcome. Stop as you mean to go on. Uh, hi, folks. Hi, welcome, Mark. Welcome to Unsung. Hi, Chris. <laughs> hi, David. Holy shit, this is weird. We you are see re- the whites of your eyes? I know, I know. In the flesh. I know. Smells and everything. Smells and everything, aye. Mm. Booze, chocolate. Yeah, we already started. We had a good 45 minutes just to, to get up to speed with the, the bevy. Yeah, decompress. I don't want to give you a, a dry half hour. Hour, two hours, <laughs> four hours. <laughs> got a box of celebrations. Mark's got a full bottle of vodka. He's not fucking messing about. <laughs> I had a mince pie and a mince pie. Mm-hmm. Aye. And Dave's um, got a whole bottle of Ryoka. Uh Yeah, well, Can't I mean, we that'll be finished in the next twenty minutes. Yeah. So this is a Christmas special, uh, and this is how you do a Christmas special. Yes. I walked over here in the howling wind and rain <laughs> just to get in the mood. <laughs> I walked through the grounds of a mental health hospital this afternoon. That was exciting. It's very Scandinavian of you. I got an Uber. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, buy all the booze. Wait a minute. So, you know. Is Uber... It's German, right? As in super? Yeah, super. Like Ubermensch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Never really ah, yeah. considered that. <laughs> it's probably a Nazi, a Nazi Nexus in there somewhere. <laughs> it feels weird to not do a Nexus. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, we're, we're we're going to bite the bullet, come off the back of this, and do the Cocteau Twins again, I believe. Uh, Next year. Yeah, and we already have Joseph Stalin picked out yes. for that nexus, mm-hmm. so we don't need any other dictators. <laughs> to, at least not to fulfil my remit. Um, but this is the Christmas special, and that means that you, or at least some of you... Some of you. Quite a few of you. Yeah. Uh, and also a couple in particular that just got... I can only assume a lot of crack <laughs> and just wrote about 20 suggestions so we've we've got a few doublers in here uh, but you, you sent in questions and the Christmas special at, uh, Unsung Pod is all about us 
Putting ourselves at your mercy. It's all um, about us. <laughs> it's all about us, to be honest. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's whole thing. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take some questions from the audience. Um, before we do that, we just lay the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Mark, you're usually this, but I just I realise I've taken the wheel here. That's all right. You can continue <laughs> to take the wheel if you want. Um, so what's going to happen is we're going to answer some questions that people have put to us and we're going to get slowly drunker <laughs> as it goes on. <laughs> uh, we're going to split us over two episodes. I think you'll find the words drunker drunker Drunker-er. And then this will be over the course of two weeks, so... You're less, you're, we won't be here for two weeks. Yeah. You'll be hearing it for two weeks. <laughs> this this one comes after Christmas, and then the following one comes in the new year. Um, but yes, it's going to be it's going to be a good fun time, lads. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I've already uh, cleared my diary for the next two days because the last time I was the most fucked up. I was out of commission for <laughs> the end of the week. Um, Mark, it was your year last year, so David, really, you need to represent. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. When really- were you last wasted? Like last weekend, <laughs> I think I seen you like two weeks ago. Actually, something like you were saying, yeah, I was drunk for the first time in six months. Yeah, I actually I had because <laughs> I've been like going up to my wee studio and DJing and uh, learning, oh. teaching myself to mix techno. And, uh, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, maybe a bottle and a half of wine and uh, Good time to get into uh, live music in clubs, isn't it? Well, you know <laughs> exactly. I'd rather learn when nobody's there than learn. <laughs> I've spent the last eight years learning, not learning in front of people. That's exactly what bad. I tell people when they ask about my band. They're like, why are there so few people here? It's like, because we want to learn to be good before people start coming to see yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. So, for six years. You know. Was the wine fortified or not? <laughs> no, I don't know the last time I had Puckfast. Um, maybe on... I don't know, I must have had someone on Zoom at some point back in April or something, but... Yeah, it's been. I've maybe had one bottle of Buckfast I this mean, year. Fuck them anyway, because the monks are terrible at retweeting shit. So, aye, they're why digital marketing is crap. They are monks, to be fair. Well, <laughs> you know, there's monks and there's monks. Do you know what I was actually? <laughs> uh, do you know what I was reading about last night? Which <laughs> Neon Sung T-shirt, by the way. <laughs> I was reading about last night, which felt like it should have been down to a nexus, but it was the uh, the Vatican national football team, <laughs> oh. which was a thing created, I think, in the eighties or nineties. And uh, to promote well-being of football amongst the Christian community, mm. but like uh, Giovanni Trapattoni, is that his first name? Yeah, the old well, Italian no, manager. Well, Trapattoni's his second name because uh, you said two very names. Good. <laughs> but yeah, Trapattoni actually managed them for a while, and they were made up of just like the most sporty priests. Do you think they, <laughs> do you think they guilty them into it? Because did he not have a few dodgy rumours about him? I probably. So they were like, right, traps. If you coach the team for three years <laughs> and say 50 Hail Marys will let you off with all that stuff. Aye, exactly. Um, so, just before we get started, um, I solved the the whole COVID thing today. You did? Oh, good I, work. I worked out uh, what's been causing it and it's nothing to do with China. Or at least, well I guess it is to do with China because most of the stuff's made there, but it turns out it's Primark. <laughs> uh, I went into Primark to buy a vest. As a sort of joke, as a bit of a gag uh, for my flatmate, who hopefully you all enjoyed being very, very drunk in that bonus <laughs> episode <laughs> recently. <laughs> if you heard it. And if you, if, you, if, you, if you haven't heard it, go to our Patreon, from which you can hear it. <laughs> I don't, this isn't even a spoiler, because this comes out after Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so I can say this. I, I have uh, 
hooked up an entire Sopranos themed outfit for him, <laughs> which involved. Uh, <laughs> I am for people the, that don't know, he is Italian. Oh, he's the most, the most Italian. 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 Yeah, he's, he's so Italian, it sounds fake. Yeah, it does. He's he's the most racist. We said that in the podcast. He's like racistly Italian, <laughs> and, and my family are part Italian, so I, I feel I can get away with this. But he's horrendously Italian, <laughs> and so I uh, got him like a shell suit. Tracky bottoms, some sandals, some socks with pizzas on them, um, some really <laughs> some imitation Gucci shades, a cigar, uh, one of those low cut neck vests that actually Dave, you oh, do a man. good line in those as yeah, well. I've got a few of them. Um, uh, some hair gel, uh, a cannoli, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a bunch of stuff to to really patronise them. I'm sure there'll be some good photos. Uh, but as I was in getting that vest, I realised that it it's actually Primark that is. The, the main vector of COVID and the people that go to Primark and that sounds incredibly classist but I mean frankly a lot of those people that go to Primark probably have more money than me it just turns out that around half of them are fucking morons um, <laughs> and that spans a, a whole array of age groups mm-hmm. and ethnicities as well there are fucking morons from all across the spectrum uh, and it was an eye opening experience so folks if we can just stay away from Primark <laughs> and people that spend a lot of time in Primark will probably find this thing disappears pretty fast. I think Luigi was listening because uh, I did a, a, a Instagram story uh, by the way, big up recording and he's just messaged us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can guarantee you if the last few nights are anything to go by, he's in the flat watching Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. But I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Let's I lose you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, is that like us going abroad and just watching River City every night? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I lads, just need Timish so. Macbeth again. Um, that, are we getting cancelled now? Is that racist? <laughs> Timish Macbeth. <laughs> it's a Sopranos thing. No, it's all right. No, I mean, it's still. I mean, you can't be racist to white people. Come on, man. Yeah, it's 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 the Willie in the Simpsons thing. There is no more offensive character in the Simpsons than yeah, than Willie, mm-hmm. and yet. He's incredibly popular, possibly because he came out in favour of independence, didn't he? He did. <laughs> Continue. And that, folks, is why we don't record in places that are not our houses. <laughs> <I'll just laughs> uh, that was uh, that was the janitor of the building, also known as Tony Dugan, a highly respected. Uh, Scottish producer, but not who did uh, Mr. Beast. But you said that you said Willie, and it, the, we were well, talking exactly. Willie he was the the, janitor, he's the janitor of the Scottish building. Janitor. That's two I'm questions. He's doing. I'm, I'm not. Mm. Uh, I don't like it, odds, lads. <laughs> right. So let's take a question from the public. Yeah. All right. Let's go for oh, it. by the way, we should probably do a little bit of groundwork. We decided to do something a little bit different this year. Uh, and what we've done is we've got so many questions, and we were like, we can't do all of these, but there were some good questions, not getting a shout out. So we thought. Why don't we throw a couple of these in the direction of past guests and see if they're up for it? So we took a small selection of past guests, which is going to include... And co-hosts. And co-hosts, uh, which is going to include Vicky Henry, uh, Anna Goldthorpe, Ben Power, uh, Jonah Matranga, Ferruccio uh, Kerchetti. Ker- mm. He told us this, is it? He said it's very hard to pronounce mm. even for Italian people. Quer- so. Quercetti. Yeah, Quercetti. Yeah. racism <laughs> continues. Uh, yeah, it does. Anti-Italian bigotry <laughs> all the way. Um, yeah, so... That's going to happen. We're going to drop a few of those in. Um, but for now, we will take one ourselves. All right. Shall we begin then? It <laughs> is the first question, which is from the band Seize Starry. Um, Aberdonians. Aberdonians. It comes via Instagram. 
Because guys, we do do the social medias, all of them. Uh, I don't. You don't. <laughs> you even you even do one well. <laughs> <laughs> I wear it uh, with pride. Uh, fix a band by swapping out one member. Okay, well, I have no answer to this question. <laughs> well, we're literally in the home of Mogwai, so I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to say, I mean, we've talked about them quite a lot, but Pelican. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. And I would, I mean, obviously, the drummer in Pelican. Yeah. And, but we did talk last week about working around a not quite as talented individual in the band and sort of Some, making it work. Sometimes it's for the best. Sometimes it works. Not Pelican. But sometimes, <laughs> well, no, but sometimes with Pelican it works because the simple stuff is pretty decent not when but you then, see it live yeah it? live you're just like oh jesus come yeah. on man no that's, um, a, that's a good that's a really good are they a bad band though i'm just thinking about the question they, they could really be a like very Pelican, good man. post-metal mm-hmm. kind of post-rock post-metal band but they're, they're it's so distracting watching them live because you like i don't know about you i mean i'm i just found myself like wincing well last time i saw them was about a year and a half ago and i think for the first half you're like I wish he could do another beat. I wish he could actually do some fills. I wish he was thinking. But then, it actually, after 20 minutes, you kind of get past it. And th- I actually, I really enjoyed it. The new stuff's actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, and, I, and then I was thinking, who would I swap for? I was thinking of my favourite drummers that aren't really adding anything to the world right now, which would probably be Bran from Macedon. I haven't done a good album for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Or Chris Penny, because he's in Coheed and Cambria <laughs> and hasn't done anything good for 15 uh, yeah, years. Yeah, funnily enough, Dillinger Escape Plan <clears throat> made my list as well, but it was great. Alright, okay. Really? Oh man, I, I mean, I, I, like I really don't like Greg as a front man. Have you uh, heard his solo album that came out this year? Of course not. It's really, really <laughs> good, man. <laughs> Which one? I mean, I'd, I'd Chef find Soldier. Oh, I mean, because he also had the black something. Like, what was the he name of his? He did the Black Queen. He's also put black out a new Queen. Killer Be Killed record, but he put his, terrible. his first solo album. Is I really good. find it hard to believe. Does it uh, just sound like Nine Inch Nails? It's got a bit of everything he's done in it, which is quite oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. I mean, you, you know my feelings in Dillinger. I, I just uh, I loved Dimitri Minakakis. I thought he was brilliant with that kind of stuff, and I think having a more earnest, less hammy. It's a pantomime singer, a, a guy less obsessed with Patton, would have behooved the band greatly. I think David sort of swung me around uh, with some of his chat when we were doing that episode that some of the instrumentation in the later stuff, I hadn't given it the chance it deserved. It's some really good bits of instrumentation. Uh, it was all just Greg mm. that was fucking me off. I didn't always like the way the drumming went. I thought some of the drummer changes did and didn't work at times, but... Greg just kills that stuff from me. I can't get by the the patternisms. It's it's too overt. Mm-hmm. It's just too overt. 
and the fact that Patton did that EP with him and and it's just it's so blatant and yeah he kills it for me um, I actually found that generally speaking it was vocalists for me um, yeah in fact all of mine that I've got here are vocalists some of them are sort of intractable I mean Queens of the Stone Age are a band that musically I love but increasingly I struggle to put them on because of Josh Holm yeah. yeah, but that's not because of his sound. That's because of his personality. I know that, but <laughs> see, this is the thing. This wasn't made. This wasn't made apparent. I, I, get, I get it. It's implied in the, the the question that it should be musically, but I'm just. I wanted to take this in this direction because personally, for me, there's some bands I want to like, and I can't get past some of the people that are in them. And I don't just mean like their 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 external personalities. I do mean as it goes on, their their creative decisions as well because Josh Holm's personality and his arrogance and his ego has bled into the music to the point where like you know the last album was just him in the cover and you know all this kind of shit of like constantly posturing in the music there's like a bit of there's a bit of swagger where he's trying to I, I, he's not necessarily playing to the music I, I can't explain it but the, the, the Queens of Stone Age are a band that I feel like that about um, I like the idea of Coco Rosie I fucking can't stand Amanda Palmer Tattoos of ships and tattoos of tears All those beautiful boys I've got a number of reasons I dislike her, but um, Amanda Palmer's presence ruined Coco Rosie for me. <laughs> uh, the Smiths, obviously. Morrissey. Obviously, yeah. the Smiths. Who, well, come on, who who are you replacing them with then? Um, uh, Susie Sue. Okay. Um... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Good answer. No context. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'll give you a bit. Margaret Thatcher. How about that? Yeah, that's <laughs> Um Hole. Replace her with Margaret Thatcher as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, again, these are just bands where I think one personality started to detract from the band. And I think a band clearly is not just the music. So it's not like they're not doing their job musically. It's the fact that. A band is more than just the, what they bring to the table in terms of their musicianship and their writing. It's the full package. You know, you can get into a band or not into a band based on their look, their vibe, their attitude, their political ideology. You know, if you ever invested in that side of it, and I am, and I can't, I can't enjoy these bands. And a huge one would also be Sex Pistols because I fucking hate John Lydon with a passion. Um, no matter uh, if he was right about Jimmy Savile or not, kudos to him on that. But I fucking hate the guy, and I mean these are all bands that I really struggle with. However, my number one choice is going to be really, really. Uh, it's going to be a lot of like sucking of air through teeth when I say this. Mm-hmm. It's a vocalist, Marky e. Smith. I really like The Fall musically. I think The Fall are probably one of the most inspirational bands for underground music. I mean, if you if you work in a small venue in the UK, you you will see the footprint of The Fall in bands for the last forty years. Still, like still bands coming through that are mm-hmm. hugely influenced by The Fall. Marky Smith's vocals are fine. They're a gimmicky thing. They're like, yeah, okay, that's what it is. 
And people are so used to it. Fall fans especially are so used to it. Was that album title? 50,000 Fall fans can't be wrong or something yeah. like that. Um, they're so used to it that they, they would, they, they'll be horrified that I've said this. But their their music is fucking great at points. Like, really fucking great. And his vocals, even though I do in some ways like that very loose approach, in other ways they're just so fucking crap sometimes that it really detracts from the musicality of the bands that he put together behind them. And it's a complicated thing, I get that, but um, yeah, I have a really love-hate relationship with The Fall. On one hand, I, I totally admire them, and I do sometimes think it really works, but on another hand, it's a very much a one-trick pony with this fucking wido, <laughs> kind of a jerk, you know, a guy with like loads of chat about him, like beating up his girlfriend and just being a fucking cock, really, just stamping all over this music. So I'd, yeah, that would be mine. Yeah, and um, I, I realise that's going to put noses at a joint. I've literally never heard the fall, so um, I mean, you're going to have a fun time on a future episode. <laughs> then that is a fucking. You thought Sonic Youth was a lot of research. <laughs> I know yeah. how much records they've got. Yeah, <laughs> how much? I think part of the joy of the fall is how chaotic it all is and how difficult it is to. Yeah, know. and that's why I'm torn about it. But I do think it just a lot of time just oversteps that. Well, who, uh, who are you replacing them with then? Um, I would replace them with. <laughs> well, M- Margaret Thatcher. Um, no, I would replace him with somebody who's kind of going that way, uh, but not quite as far down that road. Um, I don't have a pre-prepared answer. Again, maybe somebody from like the post-punk movement. Um, like, I mean, somebody, like, one of the guys from Wire, maybe somebody like that, but more extreme. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or the, this, I can't remember the name of the guy, but the guy from the the early oh, yeah. the, the which Aye. is pretty wild and that kind of thing. I think would have worked really cool. One of my favourite Marky e. Smith stories of was the fact that he always called Morrissey Stephen to his face, which really <laughs> pissed Morrissey off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen, <laughs> fuck you. See, it's not what so, I would call him his face. Well, it yeah, does make yeah. me like him. So, um. You can come up, come up with any mark. The only one I could really come up with is Lars Ulrich because I think if they had like, if they had like Dave <laughs> oh, Lombard, if they had Dave Lombardo on the band from Slayer, it would have been they would have been a much different, probably much better band. Yeah. They wouldn't have be- become a fucking big rock band anyway. That's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I said last last episode. I think Lars is a bit of an easy target. But yeah, we, 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 also, we also <laughs> yeah, we also spoke quite at length about the fact that he's he's pretty shit. So. <laughs> But he was like a driving force behind that band, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the band Prong this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of became more of an industrial rock band, but the first couple of albums are quite thrashy. And uh, like the second album in particular, the name escapes me right now, really does sound like an uh, like it was inspired by Metallica, but Metallica of the sort of prime Ulrich zone, where it's it's a slowed down Metallica. It's well within his abilities. Prong at that e- of that era sound like a, an Ulrich friendly Metallica. That was probably where he should have been mm-hmm. in a band like Prong at that time, mm-hmm. instead of in a band like Metallica that wanted a Paul Bostaff or a Dave Lombardo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on then? 
Yeah, what's next? Okay, so Mr. Connor Anderson, who was probably high. Fucking <laughs> hell, Connor. So Holy shit, man. Get off the amphetamines, <laughs> mate. <laughs> um, I don't quite understand this question. Well, we'll have to discuss what it means. Yes, exactly. Um, but which band was cool in the cat house? Of the, if oh, no. Sorry. Before. Sorry. I, I beg your pardon. I, I, my notes are a mess. But I did actually come up with another category because I thought there's too many vocalists here. Uh-huh. I had bassists. 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 Three bands that you could have swapped the bassists and they would be better. Most punk bands. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's all to do with ex-members. Pixies. Yes. Kim Deal back yep. in. Since she left. Mm-hmm. Not as good. Uh, Interpol. Carlos. Mm-hmm. Back in. Since he left. Not nearly as good. And Low. Zach Sally. Since he left. Not nearly as good. Stand by all this. Who would you replace them with? The original Low. Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> cool. That's the she, uh, <laughs> she at <slapped> the bass. <laughs> she like she likes to she she plays with her thumbs and fingers, man. She's not a pick person, you know. Yeah. I like picked bass. That's why I hated Thatcher ultimately. It was nothing to do with the minor strikes. <laughs> it, was bit, it was about the finger picking. It, it was about fucking plain <laughs> like slap bass, man. <laughs> fucking bitch. Um, At least it wasn't fretless. Um all right, Connor Anderson, first question was which band was cool in the cat house? Yeah, so... Now, what does this mean? First of all, to people not in Glasgow, the cat house is the rock club. We should describe <laughs> it. Um, it's a big, black, stinky hole. <laughs> <laughs> Smells of Jägermeister and... Your feet stick to the floor. Your yep. feet stick to the floor. You used to get aftershocks all the time. Like the little yeah. fucking spiky guy. You yeah, get a vodka and coke for a pound. Yep. Many people um, have been thrown down the back there's, stairs. There's back stairs in it, yeah, without <laughs> proper CCTV coverage that the bouncers used to toss people down as yeah. punishment. Yeah. And that was there's like some an heavy outdoor duty stuff. smoking cage. That's where they used to throw people. Where, yeah, well, Christ, I've had Allegedly. many exceptionally drunk conversations with randoms in there. But yeah. it's also a venue too. Yeah. Which is kind of well. Here's the thing, though, right? So with the cat house, about can can we just point out as well though? The cat house had an era when. Certainly, when I was going there, when we were driving through from Sterling to go to Glasgow to go to the Catty, yeah, we, you came from we had city to go to the Catty. I am very blessed because I had a straight edge friend with the driving license, <laughs> right? And a straight edge friend would come through, hammer six cans of Iron Brewer like that's any healthier, <laughs> 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 and then he'd drive us home past Diablero to get chips and cheese. Uh, the cat house back then was much, much more alternative. So the top floor was for like Pantera and Nine Inch Nails, yeah, and Marilyn the, Manson. The Unders was like that as well because I used to go to the unders mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was the exact same yeah. exact same vibe and the downstairs was like Guns N' Roses Pearl Jam Nirvana Green Day this kind of thing the, 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 so the, the yeah there was there was a hierarchy technique. whereas now I mean it's fucking Rihanna it's, it's yeah, ridiculous yeah it's weird oh, I mean they still they play like upstairs it would be like Fall Out Boy Paramore and then they do like Nicki Minaj and they stuff have like loads that. of pop music and then, had eyes in and then, Alexandria and stuff like yeah, that and then downstairs weird, it's weird. Pantera yeah um, downstairs is like but downstairs is driven now by like the Kerrang TV thing because they have screens mm. now so they won't play songs like if they play Marilyn Manson it's always like Fight Song or Beautiful People or something with a video yeah. or like Smells Like Teen Spirit they won't they no longer like DJ based on the vibe it's DJing based on one of these really commercial rock TV stations that well, they have yeah, a video for it's the same stuff every week right so it's, yeah. it's, it's for the old cunts basically it's, it I is think, for the you old know cunts, people like. used to piss in the, the, the cat house and, and like quite literally I'm pretty sure from the smell <laughs> but yeah. you know it actually was a pretty good night out I mean every it, city has 
a rock club like that. We used to have more than that, though. We used to have like the Rat Trap, and we used to have um, oh, there was another one as well. The Ark was it the Ark? Um, it was just over the back from it, and, and like they they're gone now. Edinburgh used to have Studio Twenty Four, which has been knocked down. It used to have the Rocking Horse. I had the Opium recently. Uh, uh, Opium's still yeah. there, yeah, but um. The, the the erosion this is an interesting thing because this is going to actually come up in a later question a wee bit um, but there has been an erosion of kind of metal and alternative culture in that sense where the cat house is a good excuse me the cat house is a good example because the cat house has gone from being like much truer metal stuff but you would you would hear stuff like you'd hear Slayer mm-hmm. you know you'd like you'd hear really heavy stuff upstairs and now it is heavily like Britney Spears Nicki Minaj fucking but, WAP I mean that's also just down to the fact that tribalism is reducing in kids like may, maybe down to the internet I guess but like yeah you still get goths and yeah you still get neds and what have you but like Ask a general 15 year old now And they will like A grime record, a metal record A pop record And they don't necessarily ascribe themselves To being a mosher Or whatever You know they'll be wearing a Berghaus jacket Mm. And Adidas trainers But they'll love Bring Me The Horizon or whatever Like that's just a new way That kids are nowadays that, that could be right it's uh, a playlist thing now that's the thing like back in the day it was all album shit but it's like they'll, they'll happily chuck a fucking Stormzy song on next to the new Bring Me Horizon jam right so you know? I, I, I'll i grant you that that could be the case but there's also an argument um, that I think is equally valid that says when you stop investing in those cultures those cultures start to erode and they start to like there's a convergence towards the mainstream so if the cat house was still uh, championing alternative culture and proving that you can have a good night out with alternative music which you definitely can easily I mean we've got multiple clubs you've done clubs that have been nothing but alternative stuff as well as doing clubs that are like the cat house now which is that mix of like metal and, and silliness I think, honestly, I think there's a, a certain sense of, you know, you want to think that the consumer drives the product, but I think in this case there's also an argument that says the product's driving the consumer. In Glasgow there's more than enough of an audience to justify having it an extreme club. And I don't mean extreme like unlistenably extreme, but extreme, but I mean like a club that's nothing but alternative and rock and like, even some of the metal now isn't you know, you could easily put on an industrial night and have bangers all night given the the, the the many eras of stuff you've yeah, got to Yeah, but I, th- I think on. you'd get 35-year-olds going. Yeah, I was going no, to say... I, just, I, was, I was going to say, like, so... I, so I don't mean industrial, like, classic. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, but yeah. from from a market point of view, that's clearly not true. Because how many clubs have... You've just, you just mentioned some of them. I can remember Classic Grand and various others as well that have just fucking went to the wall. Because, like Dave said, it's like people like us go and... We don't go out every weekend like students do. No, I mean I'm not advocating that they just play stuff from the nineties. I don't mean that. I just no, mean, I just mean generally more alternative. There is there's there's just a kind of there is just a sort of watering down of that alternative culture in there that is, sense. I and agree, there's fewer places that. catering for it. And one of the places I used to hear about new alternative stuff or one of the places I used to learn that alternative stuff could also be catchy was by going to those clubs and I would hear a couple that I knew and then I would hear a whole load of shit, especially coming from the sticks, I would hear a whole load of shit that I didn't know and I would get more and more into these alternative bands. And, you know... I would also say, though, that nowadays alternative music just isn't guitar-based music. Like, alternative music, angry, aggressive, weird music is also fucking dungeon rap, it's trap... It's techno. I think, I think and like a lot of these kids that would have gone to 
the cat house or you know wherever 20 years ago are now going to the art school and taking ketamine mm-hmm. and listening to really fucking aggressive harsh noise that's you know. that's fair um and i agree that certainly stuff like death grips and things like this are as heavy as a lot of the heavy bands much more offensive and threatening than most of the heavy bands in fact but i also feel like and we've 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 definitely definitely made a strong case for this over the years of the pod is that metal as a subculture is is just this permaculture it's always strong even even sometimes and it's bizarre that the conventions are sustained so well i mean even just this year you've got bands appearing out, out of the fucking they've not released albums in 20 years and they're coming back and doing them what's the one of the metal albums of the year was a band that hadn't put anything out in about 24 years i can't remember their name now it starts by you it's it's just it's it's a totally evergreen culture there's always a metal culture and even if the sound of that metal culture changes there is more than enough of a subculture there if you care for it i just kind of feel like these people don't have an option if i want to go like this is the thing like okay yeah you're right i don't go out nearly as much as 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 the youth but if you provide it I think it's. I think the audience is there, and I just think it's not being provided in any great way. Like I don't want to. This is the thing. I don't go to the cat house not because I, d- I don't want to go out for a night out, because I don't want to go and fucking listen to Britney Spears when I want to be listening to fucking something like Ramstein. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was thinking of Ulcerate. Uh, Oh, that is a good record. Yeah, it's a good record. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about our favorite albums. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the band anyway, the cool question: the which band was cool in the cat house? Well, I, was, I, was I don't really was, understand the question. But I was we've talked say, about the cat house. Who did you like <laughs> at the cat house, Dave? The way that I kind of looked at it was like, by definition, a band that has played in the cat house or any clat house club night is so far beyond and I like that you call it no the, the, the clat house, house which is pretty much yeah. probably yeah. good yeah. well I've only I've only seen two gigs at the cat house that's one mad was that's mad one Dillinger, was nails one, one was nails <laughs> which we've talked about that night yeah. and that 19 minute set and the other one was the other one was Dillinger Escape Plan supported by uh, Between the Buried and Me that would have been cool uh, it was good it was very fast and techy um, you know so like two pretty heavy Cool I saw Boy Sets my, my second ever gig was Boy Sets Fire there I might, have, I might have been at that yeah you probably were that's weird yeah, yeah. Um, um, when the cat house was red inside and not black hmm. um, I, uh, I have a few because I'm older <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cat used to do some really good stuff I saw the band Nebula there and oh, yeah. that was a pretty kick ass show When Nebula played there, from as best I remember it, they did an encore, and I thought it was just stage dressing. But behind the drummer, there was a fucking huge gong, <laughs> right? And the drummer, as they were in between songs, was like slugging from like a JD bottle or something like that. He was slugging straight out of a big bottle or something. And at the end of this fucking tune, they go into this big sort of psychedelic bit, and the drummer takes a giant swig of this drink, pulls out like a like a kitchen match. 
turns around to the gong and fucking blows fire onto this entire <laughs> gong. The whole gong goes up in flames as the band are still playing. The drummer gets on. Then the fire alarm starts going off <laughs> and the fucking bouncer's like, right, everybody, like try to climb up on the stage. A total fiasco, but fucking the best way to end the show. Um, I also saw Queens of Stone Age there, which wow. was fucking amazing. Uh, really early on, I think it was uh, probably Radar. That kind of period. Um, 500 capacity venue. I mean, just so fucking good. Um, and I saw Dillinger Escape Plan there. Was that the same gig he was at? Uh, Did you see them early? I saw Greg's first ever tour with them. Yeah, I saw them like 2008, eight, nine, maybe. Right. On. So Greg had just joined the band. Uh, it was just after... The EP, um, was that just after the EP came out? Just after the EP, before the album... Greg was touring with him and he, he was good because he was doing mostly stuff off calculating in the EP and there was a couple of new ones I mean I, I still remember it like I moved around the room that night as they were playing because uh, fucking Greg was pretty volatile as you can probably guess um, but Adam did this thing where I th- yeah I think it was Adam he put these axe behind his head and ran over the tops of two Marshall stacks and down ben. the other side. You mean Ben? Was it Ben? Yeah. Is it Ben that does that stuff? Yeah. Right. Okay. Ben. So Ben put his, his axe. These are fucked. Now, as was, he ran up the drum kit across the top of two Marshall stacks, yeah. and then down the like, and then jumped off the other side, playing his guitar behind his fucking head. It was one of the most amazing feats of acrobatics I've ever well, seen. When I saw him, which I've just checked, is two thousand and seven. Ben just ran across the top of the crowd. And played like got to the sound desk <laughs> while playing his guitar. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, yeah. that was really good. Um, I can also offer a low light of the cat house uh, for Connor, which was uh, Helmet on the anniversary of the oh, album. You've, you've talked, you've spoken about this before. Anniversary of the album yeah. Meantime, which mm-hmm. we've obviously put in the, the discography and named the show after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helmet did that, and it was just. So fucking tragic. That <laughs> I think that Paige was the only member from the original band, even from like the second generation of the band, I think. Um, everybody was sluggish, old. Like The support that night were a really fucking good Irish band called La Faro. I think that was a La Faro. Yeah, they, 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 they oh yeah, good, they were really they were, good. They were a good band. Great, yeah. great act. People we knew pretty well. I think that was the same tour. Anyway, the power cut about two thirds of the way through the show, uh, and everybody, everybody got cleared out the venue. And honestly, nobody wanted to go back in. <laughs> like, as as much as people had paid for it, Paige was standing outside talking to people, and like we were just like, "Oh, hey guys, that's the lights back on." <laughs> we just went to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking horrible. It was actually quite tragic to watch. So there you go, Connor. That's three yeah. good ones and a bad one. I can probably add to the bad one. Uh, well, they weren't actually bad. I seen Dragon Force in there, right? Because mm-hmm. my yes. pal was a big. Did fan. they have the They're going to get a mention later. Mm-hmm. Did they have a trampoline? No, <laughs> but they had. It's the first time I'd ever seen it live. But they had a full electronic drum kit. Oh, it cool. was super Ooh. weird super weird man it was all triggered to fuck obviously by the desk I think it was like their first proper UK tour after they started to become a bit of a thing it's um, kind of icky yeah. there's something icky it's about it. it's kind of weird man you know it's like even yeah. if you've got a real kit with triggers on it it's better than having yeah. a, a fucking pishy yeah. <laughs> plastic but it was huge it was massive it was oh yeah it'll be like expensive yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were they were tooled up like guitar the guitars and bass rig was great man but yeah they were good though Um not particularly cool, mind Fucking you. Fucking cat house, though, eh? Fucking yeah. cat house. Uh-huh. Do you know, um, 
shite now. It was my pal Ali McRae's 30th. Three, oh. Two years ago? Three years <laughs> ago? Down there. I like this story. And, you know, when you're 30, you shouldn't be going to the cat house. But he had a big birthday party. We set, like we had a surprise birthday party in the little venue in the Barras for him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, part of my gift to him was a plus 30 to the cat oh, house. I remember <laughs> this, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a really good night. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? See, after this fucking this this whole shit is done, yeah. I'm definitely going to cast. Oh, I'm going to cast. I miss it. <laughs> there must be. I'll a go be- to it and then go. Oh, I hate this. Yeah, there must be <laughs> yeah, a totally. better one. I, I'm 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 totally I'm I'm all in for going to like a metal nightclub, like a fun metal nightclub. I just don't know if that's the one. Man. That comes back to the original point, though, man. There just isn't one. Yeah. You know? Do you know what? I actually I ran into somebody that Chris knows as well. I won't mention a name but this this is like back you know 12 13 years ago when you know people were going on ironically and he had a bag on and I, he he'd brought a, an overnight bag just in case he pulled <laughs> <laughs> i was like yep yep that's cat house there <laughs> uh well all right will we uh throw one of these questions out to one of the guests yes uh, past guests yes so um Mr. Ricky Stewart, I think, may have been on just the same amount of crack as fucking Connor Anderson was. I think, I think he was getting Connor's leftovers. Um, he has asked the very, the very pertinent question. I think it's a very, it's, you know, it's a good question. I think best use of cowbell. And in, in his opinion, it is every time I die. Although I couldn't place the song. Sorry. Mm. Um, okay. Well, we uh, threw this question to Ferruccio. Yeah, Ferro, our fucking one man encyclopedia. Uh, and if this if, if somebody's going to know a good cowbell it's it's Ferro I really hope it's the same answer that I've got okay I don't think it will though let's find out from the listeners through Unsung is uh, first uh, question I, I got from the from the listeners through Unsung is uh, what was the best use of cowbell huh. well this is really close to home you know <laughs> because you know, you have you have to know that you know I'm a big cowbell fan. You know, I love cowbell. <laughs> Can I think we have that as a more cowbell? And I'm not, I'm not saying that with sarcasm. I'm not saying that with irony, uh, because this comes from a deep from from a deep place. You know, <laughs> in my case, it's personal tragedy that I'm living. <laughs> because being such a fan of cowbell and playing with a guy who hates cowbell, because I play in a band since 25 years with a dude that hates cowbell i i'm really i'm really i'm really in distress you know and uh, i think this has enhanced my lust for cowbell i've been trying to feature cowbell in our music uh my band's music cut you know for for ages and i always fade so this has enhanced my lust my desire for cowbell and i uh, so i have a lot of it's it's a very hard question it's tough for me to say just one song you know just to mention one song as the best uh, if we stay within the rock realm, and since this is a Scottish show, I mean, I have to say, Nazareth, Hair of the Dog, come on, it sounds great, the cowbell all over that track, you know, from the beginning to the end, you know, it's prominent, it's there, it's powerful, it's hard-hitting, you know, Hair of the Dog, come on, you cannot deny Hair of the Dog. Uh, but there's loads, of, in the rock, the rock uh, realm, there's loads of great uses of 
Oh Cowbell, you mean we're an American band by Grand Funk Railroad, another hard-hitting Cowbell song, more subtle use by the Stones on Hunky Tongue Women, obviously Brewster Caldo, Feel the Reaper, Free or Right Now, Critical Skate Water Revival, great Cowbell users, Back When Turner Overdrive, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, Edgar Winter Group, Free Ride, James Gang, Funk Number, 40, funk number 49, Santana, Evil Ways, or Oye Komova, Lurid, Vicious, I mean, the, the Clash are, are unsung uh, cowbell users. Uh, check Working for the Club Down, Training Vader, Rock the Casbah, you can hear the cowbell there. Uh, and then, you know, you have in funk, obviously, cowbell is really important. Funkadelic One Nation Under the Groove, or Prince, you got the look, come on, a killer, a killer cowbell, cowbell track. Uh, in rap, King of Rock by Randy O.C., Beastie Boys, Hey Ladies, and there's also New Wave Cowbell, another unsung, you know, use of Cowbell, the New Wave, uh, two American bands, B-52s, Check uh, Rock Lobster, for instance, or Talking Ads, you can, you can find Cowbell all over the music, because Cowbell makes everything better, you know, even a band that I don't particularly like, like Queens of the Stone Age, they have that song, that song, Little Sister, which features features heavy cowbell that I like. So, you know, I mean, I say, I say Nazareth, Head of the Dog. I know it's not particularly original, but this, you know, you know, you cannot deny that track. And uh, so, yeah, that's my pick. Nazareth, Head of the Dog. So many, so many fucking. I mean, he just did them all there. Thank so you, many good songs. <laughs> Furichu is just amazing, I mean, honestly. But can it, hang on, we need to sing the Prince Alarm. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned Prince there, of course. In, in absentia, Prince Alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some really good poll quotes. <laughs> yes, it totally is. Um, I mean, he did mention Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster. Of Cal- course. That's like a top one. Need, needs more cowbell. Little Sister, right? that was one that I thought of, Queen's yeah. Stone Age. Yeah, I've got that as well. That is, that, but that's not actually a cowbell, that's a percussion block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also sometimes it's not a cowbell, but it's just like the... The inner rim of a ride symbol. Yeah, the, the bell, the actual oh, bell, bell. The, the bell. Yeah, the bell. Which yeah. I mean, that would count. only work if you muted it, if you were holding it. Otherwise, well, I'm pretty. Yeah. I remember playing with a band. They were Ding. called Outsane. Uh, Outsane. Yeah, they were an, instead of Insane. Yeah, they were an Elgin heavy metal band. <laughs> it's classic. They Elgin. got us to. Uh, they got my high school band. Ding ding. This is going uh, to come back later on. By the way, oh, wait, 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 <laughs> not, not ding ding. Tonk 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 tonk. <laughs> And they uh, they invited us to Bucky to play Bucky. <laughs> they, Bucky won't you know retweet us either. Do you know what they they paid us uh, in two crates of tenants? Um, anyway, what I really enjoyed about them was the fact that they had a bald drummer who played topless wearing a cowboy hat, and they just sounded like Lamb of God. And they did like half time with him dinking that dink dink dink, which reminded me of. Uh, Black Label by Lamb of God, which mm. does that, which is another ah. one. So, um, Hey Ladies by the Beastie Boys, I hadn't even thought of that, but that's that's quality. Uh, one Nation Under the Groove, of course. Yeah, some good shit. Absolutely there. fucking. We've done Parliament on this podcast before. We'll probably do for Funkadelic at some point in the next four years. If you have your way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my pick was unquestionably Night Train by Guns N' Roses. 
it's throughout the whole song. I can't song. hear it. I can't, I can't think it. of it. It's throughout the whole song. I hate that band. Yeah, um, I, no, fuck it, I don't mind that song. <laughs> I, I don't mind that album. Okay, so there's well, some that album's a fucking classic. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good. I will say I came from a band that fucking loved cowbell. Like Neil had multiple cowbells. Like we would go on tour with three or four. David, when, when <laughs> that day you crashed the van, there were yeah. multiple cowbells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sure heard it heard when they hit the battle. <laughs> <laughs> when David crashed over a roundabout in the south of France, you should have heard those cowbells go. Um, <laughs> can, but, we, can we tell that story? Because I don't think anyone's heard that, and I want to. I really want to hear that. Have you not told that in the show before? No. I'm sure we have. I think we have. I mean, I was driving Chris's band around France. <laughs> when, they were them yeah uh we'd been like sleeping on floors or and remember we stayed in perpignan and we slept in a, a horse's stable yeah that was the fun <laughs> yeah that's right that was the fun uh, one. and then we were hanging about in bezier i think it was yeah that's right we and did we did two days recording yeah on like the synth f- that was used on thriller yeah. remember that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um but anyway i think you'd i don't know if it was i think it was maybe after the montpellier gig and we're driving back to bezier I'd been. I, I just decided one to in drive the, the whole thing. It was like one it. in the morning, and for some reason, I hadn't turned the sat nav from night to from day to night. So it was really bright. It was really dark outside. It's fucking knackered. Check it all it the excuses, like, man. That's all. It was like day eight <laughs> of tour, uh, and then the sat nav. I was like, you know, looking at the road as you do, but also the sat nav as you do when you're driving. <laughs> the sat nav, as you sometimes the, do. The sat nav yeah, said. The sat nav said, "Oh, just keep going straight ahead." However, it hadn't been updated with the fact that a roundabout had been built. Like, uh, no, a roundabout, to be fair, was still being built. Was being built. Like, there was there was a brand new spanking roundabout, and yeah. Dave thought, "I'm going to be the first cunt to ruin this fucking roundabout," <laughs> and so he drove right across it, and then basically veered off, and we hit this giant curb, and yeah. Colin was asleep at the time in the van. I mean, I've never seen him more pissed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, there was a lot of cowbells in the van. A lot of cowbells. Happened, and there was a lot of, like, jangling about. We had to do a small push out of the mud, but there was no damage <laughs> to the car. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even... It's not even in the top 100, the stupid things that I'm <laughs> <laughs> Even just on that tour. Um, okay, my, my choice would actually be by Fu Manchu, the song Trapeze Freak. Which is yeah. the, the first track off Daredevil, which is just led by the cowbell and it totally makes it. I love it. Um, and I appreciate it's an instrument that can often be abused, a bit like the China symbol. Yes. I had another band yeah. with a drummer who loved the China symbol, and I would take the cowbell over the China any day. But it just adds, you know, it accentuates a rhythm, an offbeat rhythm. I think it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit of a lost fine. art now, right? In most, yeah, right, totally. Because it's, it's made, been made a bit yeah. of a joke and people are scared of it. But mm. and I, I think <laughs> don't, the, be scared, don't be scared. Don't be scared of the cowbell. Don't fear the cowbell. <laughs> I, think the, I think the Every Time I Die song is maybe the new black.
That is a fucking good. That's so, a good song, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not a massive that's, Every Time I Die fan, but that is one of their better songs. So. All right, I just want to say massive thanks to Ferro because he's fucking amazing. Every time we throw something at him, yeah, he always you. blows us off our feet. Yeah. We're going to come back to him probably in the second part of this uh, yeah. this program uh, with another question, and probably in the show in general because you know because he saves us a lot of homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, another another question for us, I guess. This is by us. This is our. This is one of our. Annual this is questions. one of the annual questions. Yeah. We didn't do the Nexus question. Are we going to attempt that in the second half? No, maybe. Maybe. We'll see how okay. drunk we are. I know what the answer is anyway. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, he's done it. That's uh, that's pineapple and passion fruit. So yeah, Mark got me some nice beers. Thanks, Mark. That uh, second one, six point six, delicious, good. strong, feeling it. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the shop was like. That's just come in and one of the guys tasted it was like, can we buy all these? That's it, actually made it, in the south side of Glasgow as it, well. well. It's really nice. It's called Treat Yourself Blackcurrant Sour and I can highly recommend it if you want to start slurring your podcast. <laughs> yes. How, how's the wine doing, Dave? Uh, I mean, it's, it's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted the cheapest bottle of Rioja and that is what you got me. So thanks for hey. Okay. Uh, best choice by another host. Another host. Uh, can, I, can I go? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Uh, so it's a toss up for me between Ariel by Kate Bush or Saul Williams by Saul Williams. I couldn't decide. Yeah. It's fucking my hip hop choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can call me racist again. <laughs> well, after that Italian child, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've actually, there's a question later on in this episode where Kate Bush will come back. But that opened me up to a whole world of, mm-hmm. of like her whole world of music, which well, for the most part is pretty good. Interestingly, I have I've put a caveat here. I've put Kate Bush, but not Ariel's. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you'll recall I didn't particularly yeah. like that album, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just dealing with that blind spot of Kate Bush in general, that that thing of like vague awareness, but not really knowing the back catalogue. Mm-hmm. Like, really enjoyed that, but that album, no didn't do it for me um, obviously Saul Williams uh, it was actually it was really close between Saul Williams and uh, Pink Flag because I did my Spotify rap recently and my fifth most listened to album uh, artist of the year was Wire excellent and we we only did them like in November mm-hmm. that's probably because it got so much fucking stuff and like mm-hmm. I said like I said in the episode True. I made like a three and a half hour playlist of like songs their entire career that I liked um, so big up to Ferruccio as well for that uh, but Saul Williams man like He's just everything that I love about hip hop and about punk rock. Exactly. There's, the fucking, there's, there's nothing else I can say about that. You, you, know? you guys have obviously fairly taking the piss out of me for my ignorance of hip hop in the past <laughs> but there's something about his taking it that is so fucking good it's, it's so, so avant-garde man which, yeah. is, which is what makes it really work everything is ticked here like the the intellect of it like it's not it's not overbearing it's not like he he bludgeons you with the, the high art concept of it it's so fucking brilliantly balanced I just I'm a, just a huge fan of him um, I, he's a guy if, if we were to write a list of our we should probably put that as a question top three people you'd like to interview because mm-hmm. Saul would definitely be in that for me I'd love to speak to him yeah. um, yep as I say Kate Bush uh, funnily enough Mark Jay Dilla
Really? You um, came back to them. Jay Dilla because and I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to give a balanced answer here. I haven't spent a lot of time listening to Jay Dilla's music, but Jay Dilla's legacy, the it's awareness. Huge. It's even even bigger than I realised since since even know. his 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 whole world of production. I mean, doing that episode, no exaggeration, influenced the mixing of the album for my own band. Mm-hmm. The week of that, myself and Luigi, who's who's a, a member of my band, that we actually started pulling apart a lot of stuff I've been watching about Jay Dilla and then taking things like the drum beats and trying to get rid of that whole kind of metronomic grid thing, trying to upset it a wee bit, make it I mean, it's so many good lessons from that episode. I think the lessons probably stayed with me more than the music itself, no disrespect. That's just personal taste, but I loved that episode it's really lasted uh, Dave Burial great um, not a huge fan of his other stuff I like some of the later EPs going back to the second album it doesn't work for me but the first one I really liked uh, and Mark Marissa Nadler, funnily enough. Blue the colour of the water, Mariander, devil daughter, drinking rubies in the rain again. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> even though, no, so Marissa Nadler, I, as I said, I think. There's a lot of stuff that you liked, the, but not a full thing. I didn't like album. any of the albums, but I made a playlist. Of her that I've listened to probably as much as I've listened to any other playlist, uh, and taken from across many many records, it's it's a really nice playlist of stuff. So yeah, I, re- I really like that. I will say though, you guys, fucking hell, uh, some of the worst records we've ever done have been this year. <laughs> Health, clearly, yes. Uh, Saint Anger's pretty awful. Yeah, it's pretty um, bad. <laughs> sixth, Dave, um, and uh, you know. Weirdly, it shouldn't be. I shouldn't hate it as much as I hate it, but I hate it for its sheer fucking beigeness. Uh, Flying Lotus. Mm-hmm. See that that's really interesting for me, man, because Flying Lotus is along with Jay Dillis, somebody that's really I've really got into more this year as well. And this will this will come up later on as I, I've actually spent quite a lot of time this year trying to expand the musical horizons, and it kind of comes off the back of the jazz feel and the R and B and new soul feel of of like those kind of artists. Um, but yeah, Fly, Fly, Fly still for me a total genius, and his collaborators are all amazing. Kamasi Washington, we're probably going to do his album at some point. Um, Thundercat will definitely come up at some point in the future as well, I'm no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I was going to say um, the burial record as well, man. I've come back to that quite a lot too because it wasn't at all what I was expecting that kind of music to sound like, and I love how empty it sounds. Yeah, you know? yeah that's a good word for it. You know, and I don't mean that. Uh, it's weird that that, that, sound, that word can be a compliment, yeah, but yeah, it I sounds pejorative when you say it, but it's not. You know, yeah, totally. It really works. What about you, David? Uh, I mean, I've I fucking love flying lotus but i knew i loved that album mm-hmm. anyway much like the eraser by tom york mm-hmm. like they were just yeah two records that you both chose that i loved i knew you already liked that yeah yeah one that i really enjoyed getting into that i didn't necessarily agree with the record but i fucking loved doing tom waits 
Mm-hmm. Like it's a good cool. show, actually. Move Generations is one of the things that is that has actually stood out for me this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like I, I guess he was kind of like Marissa Nadler, and just that, like, I, since doing that record, I've just gone through a whole lot of his stuff and listened to like made a playlist of just like mm-hmm. my total favorite Tom Waits stuff. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's got a bit of the Kate Bushes to him as well, and that he's like a he's like one of those career musicians that a lot of people know about but a lot of people don't know and they don't know the phases and, and he's gone through eras and you can exactly. choose a different yeah, you know yeah, yeah. sort of I mean I had to go through that as well like Tom Waits is somebody that I only get into through Vicky mm-hmm. uh, Vicky Henry or, or sometime host Vicky brought Tom Waits to me uh, and it started with that kind of meal variations era and then I had to go back and forward and try and get into the other stuff but yeah that, that was a I had to go through that same learning process and I'm kind of the same I mean I, I don't like everything but there is some stuff that I've fucking love as yeah. I made very clear that kind of vibe actually makes makes me feel quite sad about the fact we'll never do Bruce Springsteen or Prince because <laughs> there's, 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 there's there's you know yeah. there's, there's, there's eras well, and there's a lot of stuff that you can talk about it's the second the second Prince Alarm of the yeah. night yeah that's fine and it's also uh, the boss is going to get a shout in a later question I think so oh, alright I thought you meant the episode no, in the season <laughs> and by the way the he was he was on Saturday Night Live last week oh, he was it. so bad was he so bad yeah. for a guy that has an almost flawless reputation as a live performer his singing was fucking I mean, he's, dreadful he's truly getting old now so he's, he's almost 70 so and he's oh, been doing three and a half hour gigs for honestly, you know, 40 though. years so I mean he's doing two songs on Saturday Night Live and he was yeah. fucking all over the shop um, but I have been seeing a whole lot of Steve Van Zandt recently <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have <laughs> hey Tony <laughs> and then I think I'm good probably my favourite record well, my favourite story that we've done is once again uh, Donuts by Jay Dilla. Mm-hmm. I just, it was such yeah, a good episode brilliant. to do. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant episode. I really, really, I really, I've, really, I've really enjoyed going back. And I mean, fucking hell, he's got so much stuff. So much. I've been like going through YouTube for like unreleased B sides and demos. And you know like, what fucking kills fucking me, man? We, we have a question. I can't remember what, where it comes up about what's the best Kanye album. Yeah. The fact that anybody in the fucking world talks about that fucking dweeb. And, and well, do you know, know what? I was Jay actually uh, going back to uh, an artist, a band who I'd like to swap an artist. Just take Kanye West out of Kanye West and yeah, put as Jay Dilla and just put, put Jay Dilla in instead of Kanye West. You know, actually, I think taking Kanye West as an artist away in general and keeping him as a as a songwriter and producer, I think would be a for, for other for other yeah. hip hop artists. Would yeah, be, yeah, would be genius, man. But he got all the fucking like, he got all the work done for him. You know, like if you took Kanye yeah, but West he's, away, he's like Hudson a, Mohawk would have a lot better song. He's like a curator. Yeah, it's he's like, he's different. Yeah, it's, he's, it's he's like, a fucking thief, man. <laughs> no, he's, I, a, he's not like curator is a very generous way of putting that. Oh, he's yeah. a fucking thief. I kind of look at it like uh, it's like a TV show, right? So you've got a showrunner who's the EP, and they might write a few episodes and 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 do really good ones, but also curating like the, the writers in the room and like getting the best out of them and and making a cohesive work of art. Do you, do you know that Jadel didn't need to do that Jadel did it all fuck himself yeah, exactly. Twen- <laughs> in 2020 do you know who the top two earning celebrities in the world were Kanye West and Jay-Z Kim Kardashian no. and Kim Kardashian's sister no Kim, Kim Kardashian only made 48 million Oof. the poor soul this year um, what's her name Kardashian the other one the sister Jenner. Uh, Kylie Jenner Kylie Jenner made 540 million doing what 
does makeup and oh, stuff. Well, I mean, makeup, that's fair. Like, it's a lot she of was the money. highest paid celebrity in the world this year. And uh, the second was Kanye West on like 400 and odd million. Kanye West makes what that money. he make his money out of? What? Really? He, he, he was the second highest paid celebrity in the world this year. He's a fucking hack. He's a fucking hack. If you watch that fucking loser live, it's it's a. I mean, the fact that those two are the two highest earners in the world just it shows you like that really. It, I'm talking about Primark explaining COVID. Mm-hmm. That explains fucking COVID and Trump and <laughs> Brexit. Well, P- Putin and fucking uh, what's his name? What's that fucking guy's name? Um, there's also guys that are Man United. No, no, <laughs> no, no. What's he talking about? PSG. PSG. It explains Neymar. 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 It explains all of these fucks. The fact that those people are the biggest earning people in the world explains all those fucking bad Botoxes, all those fake fucking tans. It just explains so much. They are just such a symptom of like decay Mm -hmm. in the collective psyche. They're fucking horrendous. And Kanye West is a guy who's a huge brand. Sorry, this is my point, is that he's such a huge financial brand that he has a team of them. You're right, he's got producers that just go around the world stealing shit for him, tying it up in contracts, making excuses, and then giving him enough plausible deniability that he can get away with it. He's a fucking fraud, man. He's a fucking fraud. The Kelly Jenner thing actually makes sense because personal health, per, uh, per, beauty and, and health products have actually exploded during, during lockdown. Yeah. You know, so so, that totally so have like sense. lifestyle bloggers. Yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, th- I think you've been too harsh on Kanye West, man. I'm not a, Fuck I'm not a huge West. fan of him, but oh, he's fucking I think dreadful. his legacy will live on, perhaps not as a musical artist, but as a wrangler of talent. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man, I mean... No, oh, we no could do more a than, episode. No more than somebody that wrangles sheep and then fucks them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what's next? Okay, so the next question is Connor. Hey man, <laughs> I'm Fetamine Connor. I hope you're fucking listening. I'm uh, Fetamine Anderson. Can we call him that? No. That's better. That is good. <laughs> uh, best live band clothing choices. So we kicked this out to our part-time host uh, Anna Goldthorpe. Is a stylish lady. She's very stylish, really. And uh, who's going to have a more authoritative take on it than Anna? So uh, let's find out what she was saying. I'm excited for this one. Hello, Unsung Podcast listeners and hosts. Mark, Chris, David, thank you so much for asking me to come on and answer a couple of questions for your end of year show. I am, of course, Anna Goldthorpe. It's crazy to think that when I joined you to record the Misfits episode back in March, I was self-isolating after a holiday to Italy, right at the start of what the pandemic was for us, the way it was impacting our lives. And now here we are, a year nearly down the line. Anyway, without further ado, I'll answer the questions that you've given over to me. So the first one was, what are some of the best live band clothing choices? Now, I wasn't sure if this was meaning like a joke question or if it was serious about what's what's practical. You know, like if you're in a band, what would you wear on stage? What do you think would look good? So, first of all, I would have to say, although I'm not a big fan of the cramps, luxe interiors attire just wearing a wee pair of pants and high heels on stage was really quite fabulous and for me a band that I've seen 
in I guess relatively recent years that always have fabulous stage outfits is the hives. I love that they coordinate what they've got on, whether it's suits, leather jackets, whatever they do, always in wonderful monochrome colours. Colours? Black and white, it's not colours. Anyway, fantastic outfits, super cool band, great sound, great performers. However, if we're talking in more practical terms, my advice would be always wear something sleeveless so that you can get some airflow around your sweaty armpits or oxters as I would normally say. If you've got longer hair, make sure that you've got a tie back if possible out of your face. If not, a couple of wee curvy grips would probably help with that. Maybe a hairband, that could probably do quite well. And then something that's comfortable to move around in because a good performer jumps about on the stage I would say oh which makes me think that actually a wee pair of trainers would would work quite well as well so those are my top tips for on stage attire can you imagine Danzig with uh, Kirby Grips <laughs> or trainers <laughs> or, uh, or the, the sugar a couple of, a nice couple of wee clasps maybe also, the ones with the wee daisies good use of oxters my dad oxters, uses that word yeah. uh, hairy oxters that will mean nothing to anybody outside <laughs> Scotland the hairy oxters yeah, but it was explained there by Anne anyway does anybody know where oxters comes from in terms of like no. armpits no. no I don't know actually Right into us if you know. <laughs> Get us on Twitter. If you're a cunning linguist, yeah. um, please uh, let us know. Well, some practical advice there from Anna as well. It for, was. For all those stage performers. She, she, yeah. she, Thank you. She took the boat. Anna will be back uh, later on, as you can probably tell from that uh, preamble, with uh, a second answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of our own takes on that, guys, uh, I'm going to throw one into the mix. Bjork. Uh, yeah, I've just got Bjork. Everything <laughs> she has ever worn. <laughs> You're going to have to sound the alarm again because obviously Prince. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake. Yeah, but obviously Prince. Three obviously times Prince. in one episode, though. The, I mean, the platforms, he made them work. Uh, all of his jewellery was costume jewellery, so he never, everything that was made for him was light as fucking could get bashed around. Oh, which that's is, kind of disappointing, actually. But it makes sense if you're going to be on the road, you know. You're not going to be wearing gold. I mean, that's night, like you know? if I found out that Tony Soprano was wearing a fake Rolex. <laughs> mm. But all of, his, all of his clothes were custom made for him, so, you know, the money's getting spent elsewhere. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And on guitars. wonder so. who inherited all that co- uh, costume jewelry. A lot of it's still in Paisley Park, man. So Anna went down the kind of uh, suave route with the hives. I would add to that Interpol. Mark, I'm trying not to look at you. <laughs> yeah, that's the second time he's mentioned Interpol in this episode. But, I mean, the second time even I've gone, from I, care. I just, I just don't care. <laughs> see, see, from the first video uh, that I saw of them in Obstacle Number One, uh, that that kind of like dark shades, very fitted suits, very stylish. 
I always say winkle pickers, but like classy shoes, sort of Italian loafer type shoes. I really liked that look with that band. It really suited them, and it kind of it distinguished them from the Strokes and those kind of bands of that era. And the Yeahs, who had the much more nondescript. I never really got what the Strokes were going for. They seemed at one point like they were trying to be like, was it not dirty pretty things? Was it Libertines? It was like a Libertines sort of like old Beatlesy jackets type thing. Yeah, and I then, remember. I think it was two thousand and fourteen. The park, the first one. There was loads of fucking bell loads ends. of fucking yeah. There was just <laughs> loads of bell ends walking around with those like old army jackets yeah, that were yeah, like. like the, and I was like the British cavalry kind of yeah, Zulu like, era. What yeah. is this? And it turned out is because they're all Libertines fans. Yeah, I just totally missed that boat. So like this, that that kind of era was quite confused to me. But I like the fact that Interpol got got a thing and stuck with it. Mm. And going to see them live, even their like set dressing, like using the old Fender silver face amps, the the way the lights were done, they used a lot of white light in their sets. I thought it really worked. It really suited them. Um so that that was that was pretty good. Noise Conspiracy, who I know Anna really likes as well. Noise Conspiracy did a sort of uniform thing as well. Dennis is a very stylish man. Dennis is. I mean, we've seen it on model for a while. As it would, well. would not surprise me. Um <laughs> but uh yeah they they had this kind of motif it was part of their sort of communist vibe where they all wore these like horizontally striped red I don't know if it was yeah. red and black I think it was like red and deep 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 red mm-hmm. sort of stripes on, on these things but I mean there's there's one band that takes this crown and there's really there's no not even a close contender and that's Guar. <laughs> and having seen Guar, this this argument is settled. Hey, like, come on, come on, Slipknot! Like that, they're made up just for the stage. Come on, Mark. <laughs> I've seen Slipknot, right? I've seen Slipknot, and you're right. That you're right. Okay, sorry, Slipknot and their their uh, lesser cousins in Mushroomhead um, <laughs> have a gimmick, but it's such a fucking sorry shadow of Guar. Oh, Guar! Guar leans I, heavily into the gimmick. I saw yeah. Guar. I, I saw a a member of Guar. Had a giant trump that unfolded from him, which then gave birth to a giant sort of lizard fetus <laughs> that then started spurting blood out of its nipples all over the crowd. And then the giant lizard fetus ripped the face off of its mother while it was still coming out of the womb. Love it. Yeah, yeah love it. I mean, you, you get back to me when Corey <laughs> Taylor does that, right? Oh, well, I've got a couple. Of, I've got a couple of suggestions for this one. Uh, Ramstein. Mm. Yeah, Ramstein, good. Yeah, but it's all about set dressing with them more than. Well, I mean, they, they, when I said I've only seen them live once, and it was a long time ago, but they went <sighs> through the stages. So they had the laser lights thing, and he was had the Terminator thing, mm-hmm. and they did. He moved over to doing uh, had the, the massive dildo, which like just like spotted fake jizz all over the crowd. That yeah, was cool as fuck but, too. But um, and then there's the British Ramstein, right? Said Fred. <laughs> 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 well, well, yeah, folks, there uh, we go that's it we're done that's see it. you next year see, see you next year <laughs> I think I need a break man do you just want to leave it there for this episode yeah that's fine yeah. I've got nothing to add I was just going to say Iron Maiden because they would just uh, wear yeah. Iron Maiden t-shirts that's true <laughs> which, is, which is a look and uh, Stevie Nicks with her big wavy sleeves oh I was going to say we did uh, the last tour on Earth this year right when we did our live episodes uh, Marlon Manson's look the whole band's look in that in that era was actually cool as fuck yeah I liked his sort of authoritarian the, vaguely the following the following tour yeah that was yeah, great yeah that was that was good the kind of evil pope thing was cool yeah. as well anyway alright anyway. right said Fred 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are, aren't they? Well, yeah. There's only two of them. Also, anti-maskers. Fucking attending rallies. Right, right side Fred. Right side Fred. Yeah, fuck's sake. Are they? Yeah, right wing up, Fred. Are you yeah. fucking joking? <laughs> right wing Fred. Well, right. you know what? Actually, there's me slagging off Primark. But I mean, if right side Fred say it's no real, then maybe it's no real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We'll come back next week for maybe uh, part two of three. Part two of, <laughs> part two of question part two, the Chapter two. <laughs> Season of two. The, <laughs> the tome. Um, yeah, let's see how drunk we are in Oh, it's getting there. <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah. In a week, sorry. <laughs> See you in a bit. Uh, all right, thanks, lads. Bye. Cheers, bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.